Hey, my name is Rachel, and you're listening to Maker Style, a creative lifestyle podcast where we talk about blogging, small business, and of course, lots and lots of sewing. Listening to Maker Style is like sitting down for a coffee and chat with your BFFs who are just as passionate about making things as you are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Maker Style Podcast. My name is Rachel, and I'm really excited to have you guys here today listening in. It's going to be an awesome episode. Today, we're talking with Amy from Amy Nicole Studios, all about her unique sense of style, the way that she approaches sewing and business, and also some really cool sewing challenges and um, sewing approaches, I guess we could say, um, that she's been a part of this year that have changed the way that she does sewing and I think will really inspire you to think about the way that you sew in maybe a different way. Um, I've been an Instagram friend with Amy for a really long time, so it was super, super cool to finally get a chance to sit down and chat with her about the things that she's up to and her personality is just so fun and bright and bubbly. I know this is going to be a little bit of sunshine on your Monday or whenever you're listening to the show. So without further ado, let's hop on into the episode and I'll catch you on the other side. Hey, Amy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Rachel. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am really excited to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I've been a fan from your show from the beginning, so I'm I'm so happy to see that you're bringing it back, and I'm Woo! extra excited to be one of the people on it, so very, very exciting. Yeah. Do you mind telling people a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am Amy of Amy Nicole Studio. Um, Nicole's my middle name, so I just go by Amy. I live in a very small town in South Texas where I run my sewing, my online sewing business. I started off with just a sewing blog and now I sell my own PDF patterns, um, as well as some fun, um, sewing swag, I guess you could say like fun t-shirts and mugs and totes and stuff as well. And then I have like a myriad of other projects going on, (laughs) but that's basically, um, what most people will know me as here. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you get started in all this? So I started my blog, I want to say 2009. Um, I had been sewing, um, I've been sewing since I don't, about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I started roughly in high school, just kind of, and then through college, just sort of playing around and teaching myself. And then um, I moved to New York City to, I was, I was originally a theater major in college. So I moved to New York City to kind of like do the auditioning thing. But once I was there, I realized that my, my interest in sewing and fashion had grown. So I mm-hmm. went, went back to school. Um, at, to FIT and I got my associates in fashion design and it was while I was in school there that I discovered blogging and sewing blogging and I decided to start my own blog um, which originally was called this is like so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready it was called Lady Mockingbird and the Buttercups which <laughs> sounds like 
I don't know, like if the Powderpuff Girls had a band or something. <laughs> really? I, I don't it. I don't I don't even know where that came from. So um <laughs> when I moved to back to Texas and I was doing like a complete overhaul and reband of brand of my blog and um I was really hesitant to just use my name because that sounded so boring. Mm-hmm. But um after talking with a bunch of people, you know, everyone was like, you know, that's timeless it's something that's never going to change it's your name so yeah you will never be embarrassed about naming your business (laughs) exactly um so amy nicole studio it has been and um at when i was in school i i really fell in love with the pattern making process and that kind Mm of is what made me dive into um that whole side of the sewing craft. And Mm -hmm. I, when I discovered that there were people out there that were like making sewing patterns for other people, it was like a light bulb went went off. I was (laughs) like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And I just kept working at it and learning and figuring a lot of things out as I went. And then in 2017, I released my first pattern, the Patty Pocket Skirt. Wow. I can't believe has it it's almost been two years then. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was um so it was the teen. So um yeah, in the fall it'll be two years since I released my first pattern, which is crazy. <laughs> How many patterns do you have now? I now have four. Um one of them is free. It's um my Krissa Crop pattern, which is free to newsletter subscribers. Awesome. And um then I have uh, the Patty Pocket Skirt, the Roxy Trio, which is kind of like multiple patterns in one. And then mm-hmm. um, I just released a week ago, two weeks ago, the Chelsea Party Dress. Oh, and that's such a beautiful pattern. I love it. It's so Thank fun. Thank you so much. I wanted to I, I wanted to just release something and not care if it was something that you could work into your everyday. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I didn't, I, I feel like there's so much pressure for, uh, well, maybe there's not pressure, but a lot of times it's, you want to go the easier route and you want to be more accessible and think like, mm-hmm. Oh, what is something that people are going to want to wear like on the daily basis? Cause that's what most people. sew. but then like, sometimes you just want to make something special. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard because like, I feel like a lot of brands definitely cater to the everyday stuff. Um, I have heard from other brands that is typically what sells better in terms of patterns. But right. when, when you're looking for a special occasion or just a fun thing to sew, it can be so hard to find the patterns for it. So having another option is A-OK in my books. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> You I, don't need I, my permission, though. <laughs> I kind of went into it like okay, this probably is not going to be my best selling pattern, Mm -hmm. but I just, I don't know. I wanted to do it anyway. (laughs) I love that though. I'm wondering if like giving yourself the permission to take on fun projects in your business kind of helps keep it fun and lively and less like work, you know? Yes, exactly. And I mean, I, I never went into like, I never started my pattern brand with the goal of making everyday basics. Cause that's not really how I dress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, some of obviously like the Patty pocket skirt and the Roxy trio can be made like they're a little more accessible for just daily wear and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it does, it does kind of, it makes it a little more fun. And whenever it's not, I mean, right now, this is not my bread and butter. I'm not, this is like a side gig. Mm -hmm. So there's not that pressure of like, you have to, you have to focus on what pays the bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I'm very fortunate in that way. Yeah. You're able to do what you want here because like just the things that you love here, which is pretty cool. Right, right, right. And one thing I love about your patterns is that I truly feel whenever I see one pop up my feed that it's such like an Amy style. You have such a distinct <sighs> look to what you're doing and it, it feels so you. So I was kind of wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you go about your inspiration process. Like, how do you find ideas? Because what you make is so, is so distinct. Thank you so much. That is just like the biggest compliment ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I get um, a lot of, I think coming from, since my training in sewing and pattern making was from a very like fashion specific um, direction and going to school at FIT in New York city, it's all like very fashion focused. So mm-hmm. We do a lot of studies of like what's on the runway or what's, you know, looking back to um, vintage runway looks or like a lot of our projects and stuff. We have to source vintage fashion magazines and all kinds of stuff like that. So I I feel like I, I get a lot of inspiration from those more, um, I don't know if high fashion is the right word, but um not so much like, uh, what's the word? High, I guess from a lot of those like more designer silhouettes, but mm-hmm. and then I like to break them down to something that's a little bit, a little bit more accessible, like that you could wear it every day and make people feel more comfortable about wearing this a little bit more unique silhouette just in their everyday life, because I'm not really like a jeans and t-shirt kind of person. So, um, <laughs> I like, I like things that are just a little bit different. It's like, it might be a skirt, but there's something a little bit different about it. Or, um, it might be a swing dress, but you can layer and mix and match. And, um, I just, I'm, I'm a sucker for like a, uh, oh my gosh, I'm losing all my words today. (laughs) Oh, I'm a sucker for a gimmick. Like what, what's the gimmick? Like with the Patty pocket skirt, there's these fun big pockets that like, are coming out of the pleats. And then with the Roxy trio, it's like, Oh, you can wear this 26 possible ways. (laughs) (laughs) So like, what is the catch? You know what I mean? So I, um, I like, I just like things to be a little bit quirky. (laughs) Yeah. But that's so fun though. It's like a little touch of like avant-gardeness into everyday life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, looking like, I can't believe it's been two years since you almost two years since you released your first pattern. And I'm sure your business has grown tremendously in this time. And there must have been so many lessons learned along the way. And I was kind of curious if now that you're kind of coming up to this two year mark, if you're doing more thoughts about what you want the future to hold and kind of how you'd like to shape the direction of Amy Nicole's uh, patterns and going forward. Definitely. Um, So the biggest thing for me going forward is that I am coming out with a new size range. Exciting. Yes. So which is my my next pattern 
which will be released fall-ish. Um, my next new pattern is going to be released in the new size range, which would, will be 0 to 32. Awesome. Um, which I'm super excited about. And that was like a big learning curve for me. It was something that I always thought I wanted to do at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also seemed like a, a scary endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I... I approached it as I approach anything, which is just like jump in and figure it out, you know, like how hard can it possibly be? So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been working on that and I'm actually really excited because uh, we live in such a small town. So I was like, how am I going to find someone to model this for me? Like mm-hmm. most of the people here don't really even know what a blog is. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very like, not only am I going to have to ask them to like, put put things on them and pin them and stuff but like hey can I take pictures of you and put them all over the internet um yeah (laughs) so I fortunately um did find a fit model in town um that is excited to I don't really know if she 100% knows what she signed up for but she's (laughs) she's she's, yeah she's excited for some free clothes out of the mix so um that's awesome yeah I found my fit model I'm actually literally today was cutting out my first sloper um test sloper just to test the size Mm -hmm. um and how the drafting is going um in the new size range so um I'm really excited to move forward in that way and then I'll go back and adjust my my already released patterns to Mm -hmm. um be drafted into those new sizes as well so a big conversation in the sewing community lately has been indie patterns increasing their size ranges I know for so many indie patterns this is a huge initiative that they're taking on this year and I know a lot of people have mentioned that you know it it can be challenging to get this up and running behind the scenes so I would love to know like how long has it taken you to get to this point where you're now working on slopers and sourcing a fit model and stuff like that Um, so I made the decision back in January to, that I was for sure, like, this was something I wanted to focus on this year Mm -hmm. for my business. And we're in June and I'm just now getting to the point of, uh, making a sloper and getting it onto a fit model. Granted, um, I was in the process of releasing a new pattern, which was already like very much in the works. And then again, this is not my full-time job. So, um, I'm me and my husband during the day, me and my husband run a restaurant together. And then, um, I also take on various freelance projects, which I decided I'm not going to do anymore. We can talk more about that later if you want. (laughs) Um, so, um, I, I was trying to do this thing where I was working on both side by side. I was like, okay, I'm going to get this new pattern out. And at the same time, I'm going to be working on this new size range and getting that sloper tested. Um, Mm -hmm. but I came to the realization that I just can't, I, if I was, if I'm working on two things at once, neither of them are going to get done in an efficient manner. (laughs) So, um, unfortunately just like with the way my, my time it, the, my available time is at the moment. So I kind of put my sloper on hold and I was focused on getting the Chelsea party dress out. So now I'm back in focusing on that. Um, but it's, I mean, it's really just a matter of 
deciding what the size chart is going to look like and Mm -hmm. then taking those numbers and plugging them into what you're already doing and then just getting it on the body and figuring it out from there. (laughs) (laughs) I love your can-do attitude. It's it's so fun to talk with you because you're just like, you're so like, yeah, and I I can do it. And it's just, this is what's happening. Yeah. It's contagious. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Probably to a fault. My, my husband is always like, you can't just, cause I, we're, we're one of our other mini projects is that we're um, remodeling a 1930 farmhouse. Oh, cool. um, and we're doing a lot of the workouts ourselves. And I'll just be like, Oh, well, we can just, we can just do that. And he's like, you can't, there there's professionals who get (laughs) like have studied years to figure out how to do this you can't just like we're not carpenters I'm like why not you just get a hammer and a nail how hard can it be (laughs) so I drive him crazy a little bit (laughs) because yeah I have that approach towards everything it doesn't always work out but most of the time (laughs) it works out well I think it's kind of fun um (laughs) but I did want to circle back you mentioned that you decided to stop freelancing um were you freelancing in the sewing uh, world or were you freelancing in other aspects? Yes, I was freelancing. So I'm currently, I'll, I'll probably keep this, my one client who's been my only consistent client that I've um, consistently worked for. And I do um, freelance pattern making as well as um, for her, I'm doing piecework. Um, but most of my freelance is pattern making and then just the random odd jobs, like someone wants a specific costume made or someone wants a vintage piece um, recreated and stuff like that. Um, and I decided I was, at, I, I was away this weekend. I was out of town and I like had a bunch of emails that I knew were waiting for me of just people inquiring about pattern making for this, that, and the other. And I was just thinking about how much time I spend responding to people, (laughs) these inquiries. And most of the time they don't pan out just because people don't expect it to, it's, it's mostly people who aren't really familiar with the fashion or sewing industry or how it works or how much it's going to cost, honestly. Yeah. And, um, so I'm spending like all this time, like writing up these quotes and explaining how things work and yada, yada, yada. And they don't, they very rarely are fruitful. And usually it just stresses me out thinking of what to charge someone. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Like, this is just the, a, this is taking time away from my business, which is like my passion and -hmm. what I want to be doing. And B, just the whole process was not enjoyable for me. So I came home from uh, my little mini vacation and I got on my website and I took down all of my pages that talk about hiring me or my services I provide, anything like that. So I just have a regular contact page now that says, this is what you can contact me for. This is what you cannot contact me for. And (laughs) I just felt a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. That's amazing. Congratulations for making that jump. I can only imagine when you're working with your own business, it could be, I guess, kind of scary to limit the services and put those boundaries up about, you know, how you want the business to shape and what work you want to do and what work you don't want to do. But I'm sure it'll make you feel so much happier in what you're doing and allow you to focus on the things you're really, really passionate about. Yes. Thank you so much. I feel 
really good about it. And it's, it was one of those things that I, I knew I wanted to do, but I put off because it's hard to just like turn away people that want to pay you. Yes. (laughs) Um, but my business is, I feel like on a good, um, trajectory right now where I don't want to slow down the momentum Mm -hmm. by constantly pausing to take on other work, even though it's like guaranteed paid work, it's not, um, it's not serving the face of my business really. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now that you have this business and you've been kind of in the groove of it for the last two years, or I I should say almost two years, but how has this kind of impacted the way that you approach sewing for yourself personally? Has it changed the way that you go about that at all? Um, a little bit. Um, so, well, right now I feel like I'm not sewing for myself (laughs) as much as I would like to be. Um, I used to, in past years, I would like plan out my whole sewing year month by month. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can, I can make something for myself one thing every month. Um, but then that, that started feeling like another thing that I was like rushing to get done Mm -hmm. as like to check off the list. And then it kind of became not fun. So this year I was like, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm just like, I have a list of things that I would maybe like to sew this year, but I'm just kind of doing it as it comes and yeah we'll see what happens yeah like I'll see like if I get to it awesome if not no big deal like sometimes there are things that I honestly put on there in January that I'm like I don't really know if I even need to make that anymore you Mm -hmm. know um so I the giving myself permission to put my business first and sewing for myself second um was it another like kind of freeing thing because I, I do want to really focus on the growth of my business this year. Um, another funny thing is that anytime, like I think of something that I maybe want to self draft, Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, well, if I'm going to self draft that, maybe I should just make it into a pattern. And (laughs) And so it's hard for me to like, give my give my in in the same sense to give myself the permission to just make something for myself and not let it be related to my business (laughs) yeah um so it's so hard when you have that crossover going on yeah there's like that constant give and take where you know I have to let go in one area or the other to fully enjoy whatever I'm currently working on you know I'm, I'm really happy you brought that up because that's something on kind of a different note that I'm really working on right now um for those of you that don't know i work in marketing full-time and when it, especially in content creation and social media so for me it's really easy to see all these opportunities where i could really like take the marketing for maker style to the next level i know what i should be doing and you know I, I know i know all the things that i want to be doing but then if i implement them and i start using that to turn my blog and podcast into everything it quote unquote should be I start to feel like this is work and not a hobby. And I think that's contributed to a lot of the reasons why I felt kind of burnt out with things a couple years ago is because I was treating it so much like a business and like I was marketing this like everything else and uh, not like a hobby. And for me, my blog is a hobby. It's not a business. And now that I'm kind of reapproaching this, I really want to have that mindset and put that forward that, you know, if I'm going to be working on stuff for this, I'm doing it for the fun of it. And that's the focus. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. You have to like give yourself 
permission to just like let work be work and let fun be fun. And that was Mm -hmm. kind of um, my reasoning for not really scheduling in my me made time, Um, which oddly enough, like has resulted in me making less things for myself, which sounds counterintuitive, but the fact Mm -hmm. that the pressure isn't there to to complete this goal as well as all my business goals I'm trying to complete. I, when I do get to sit down and sew something for myself, I enjoy it so much more. It doesn't feel like a task or like something I have to do. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I am enjoying the whole process of blogging and podcasting a lot more now though. And I think part of that of course comes from being fresh from a break, but also (laughs) like a different mindset as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition, just to kind of changing the way that you sew, you also started kind of an interesting project on Instagram, I think, I believe this year called the Year of Slow Sewing. Yes, that is, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, tell me about it, because I've kind of been on Instagram hibernation. I see the hashtag popping up, and I can honestly tell you, without kidding, I don't really know too much about it. (laughs) Oh, cool. So um, that was, is kind of like in my deciding not to schedule my projects is kind of a... Um, a a category of my year of slow sewing project. Mm -hmm. Um, So last, at the end of 2018, I was just feeling really um, burnt out and from just trying to constantly be sewing for myself and working on my business. And I was thinking a lot about how I can talk more about the sustainable aspect of sewing because it's something I'm super interested in but I don't think that people people really know me as like a sustainable sewing blogger or anything because I don't um talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. um but it is something that I'm very passionate about like some a lot of my first projects were refashion projects um I've always just had the inkling to work with what I have or secondhand materials or vintage over buying new. Like, I don't even really know why it's just something that I've, <laughs> that I've, oh, I mean, I think I, I was, it was instilled in me from a young age. Like my mom was recycling before recycling was cool. Like <laughs> just using what you have. Like I can, I come from a, you, you know, my mom was one of seven. So it was a, a lot of kids, like you don't waste anything. Yeah. And that was kind of like instilled in me from a young age. So when I started sewing for some reason, the idea of like going to a fabric store and picking out fabric didn't really occur to me. Like I was going to Goodwill and looking for sheets and mm-hmm. big dresses and stuff like that. So, um, it's just something that's always been a part of my practice. And I wanted to really have a reason to talk about that more and focus on it a little bit more. Um, and so going into 2019, I was like, okay, I want to make this like a, a year long um, project where I'm focused on slow sewing, both in the sense of being less um, hustled about my sewing output, mm-hmm. but also in the sense of how can I practice sustainability with each of my projects? So my main thing is that I'm sewing exclusively from my stash for this entire year. That's awesome. Which, yes, it is. Um, it sounds hard, but my stash is honestly so out of control that it's not... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
it's really not that challenging. Um, I did allow myself one fabric purchase because I knew I wanted to make a swimsuit and I don't have any swimsuit fabric on hand. So fair. fair. Um, so that is the main, my main thing with the year of slow sewing. Um, I also didn't plan any of my projects ahead of time. So I'm just doing them as they come. Um, I am trying to find interesting ways to use my scrap and reduce waste. Um, back in February, March, I was documenting on my Instagram stories, a really fun project, which I still haven't blogged about (laughs) where I, um, I did a zero waste outfit. So I used every single bit of a piece of fabric I had. That's so cool. Um, it was really fun. It was really challenging. Um, and I actually, I mean, there, I ended up making some alterations to it. So there, there were some pieces that didn't get used, but, mm-hmm. um, I can't wait to blog about that. Cause that project really, like, I, I was coming into this the year of slow sewing off of kind of being burnt out and not really feeling it. And like working on that project and just kind of playing creatively and how can I incorporate all these offcuts of fabric into this garment really sparked my creativity again and I was like oh this is like this is what this is about this yeah. is exciting this is fun and that's so you too because it's something a little bit different you know you let you said before that you love things that are a little bit quirky not many people make garments that are zero waste so I can definitely see why that would be something that would just feel so revitalizing to you exactly yes so it was it was just so much fun and then um I so I've been trying to focus on incorporating just not necessarily every project is going to be zero waste, but how can I put a fun detail into this? How can I take more time with what I'm making instead of just like, okay, that's done on to the next one. Okay. That's mm-hmm. done on to the next one. And not really, um, spending time with my craft, you know? Yeah. So just the idea of slowing down physically with sewing, but also how can I be more sustainable in my sewing practice is really the, the two main focuses of the year of slow sewing. Now that we're about halfway through the year, how are you kind of feeling about the project so far? Um, I feel really good. It's funny. I, um, like I was saying before, I was like, I don't feel like I've made very much this year, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is an odd um, result for a sewing-based uh, <laughs> project. Yeah. But that's kind of the point, too. Like, I haven't made much, but the things that I have made – I really took my time and enjoyed and um, added some fun details. I've been using what I have. Um, I haven't jumped on any like sporadic sewing challenges that I probably would have otherwise. (laughs) Um, I have to say the hardest thing about this whole challenge is turning down fabric sponsorships. Yeah. (laughs) Because I I do get people contacting me and I'm like, Oh, I can't take your free fabric. And I feel like, like, who am I to turn down like free fabric, you know, but yeah, I I have to stay true to my, true to my project. (laughs) Do you think, I know it's so early in the year to, to really talk about how this would look next year, but do you think this is something that you would continue on? Um, Would you modify it a little bit so you can make exceptions for things like, accepting sponsored fabric and stuff like that. Um, I have been thinking about that a lot because I, we are already halfway through, which is crazy. Um, it's insane. Um, and I, 
have been thinking about how I want to, because I, I know I won't just drop it because I definitely, I want to carry on the more intentional sewing that has been just so good for me mentally enjoying, enjoying my sewing practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the resources that I'm using. So I don't think I, I, I know I won't just keep sewing from my stash forever until it's gone, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do actually think that, um, not that I won't take on any fabric sponsorships, but I will be very intentional about fabric sponsorships that I choose. So, um, I only want to sponsor with companies who are sustainably minded. Like maybe it's a collection with all natural fibers, or maybe it's, um, from a dead stock, a shop that stocks dead stock. Um, something like that, that really fits into this slow sewing bubble. I mean, every product can't take every single box, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think it's important to like, for me going forward to uphold those values of being a sustainable minded sewist. Yeah. And I think for those who have been following you around for this year and really, really loving following your journey, I think they will really appreciate, you know, next year, if you are partnering with brands, if those brands really align with their values as well. So it's a great way to raise awareness for brands that people might not know about, but are doing some really cool things. Yeah. And there are so many like popping up constantly. So I feel like it could be cool to use my platform to um, talk more about those people. Um, and then I'll also, you know, I'll, I'll continue if I do purchase fabric, it will be a generally secondhand and vintage, mm-hmm. which is my favorite way to purchase fabric, honestly, and has been the hardest thing about this year, aside from turning away free fabric is passing up like, cause the thing about buying secondhand fabric is when you see something good, you have to swipe it up because there's not, yes. there's not going to be any more of it. So just letting all of that go, I feel like I'm. I'm just letting all of these gems get away all the time. Yeah, I don't do a whole lot of uh, secondhand fabric shopping, and I should because what's coming on the podcast a little bit later on this season is an awesome interview with Star from Wellfiber talking about secondhand fabrics and how to find the best ones and her tips for going about that. Um, But I've never really looked for secondhand fabrics, even though going to thrift stores has always been a huge part of my life. And I recently passed up on some secondhand fabrics while Wyatt and I were traveling Europe uh, a few months ago. And I was like, oh, I don't really have space in my backpack for this. Like, this is not practical. You know, you don't need it. But now that I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, man. like You're thinking about it. I am. It was like some really, really cool stuff there. Um, So, yeah, secondhand fabric is really rad. And if you're interested, listeners, there will be an episode coming. Either there already has been one or there will be one coming. Oh, that's awesome. I love um, her and her shop. I've bought, I've bought, I've I've purchased stuff from her before. And she's one of the people who's constantly torturing me every Friday with um, new finds. New finds. They're so good. I'm I'm actually excited for that episode because I'm always curious on where she gets all her stuff. Yeah. She always has the best stuff. Well, stay tuned. Um, One last fun question on this subject. I know we're talking a lot about you know, slow sewing and, you know, being mindful about our purchases, but is there anything that you're kind of, you kind of have in the back of your mind where you're like, okay, when January 1st rolls around, <laughs> I am buying this. Oh man. Um, I, I 
don't think so really yeah I don't I guess if anything I would maybe say um some of Katie Gorman's fabric Mm -hmm. for um either her collection with um D&H or on Spoonflower although I don't buy a lot of stuff from Spoonflower just because it's crazy expensive um I love them I I I just bought my swimsuit fabric from there and it is Katie Gorman fabric so (laughs) (laughs) um I would probably buy more of that in some way shape or form whether or not I will I don't know yeah, but, I love um, I love also stocking Spoonflower's website, but they're um, currently a lot of my personal price range for yeah. fabric, especially once you factor in shipping and duties to Canada. It's like, oh boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a whole other level. Like, even fabric.com is, like, too expensive to get in Canada, really. Yeah. I'm um, sure by then there'll be some, like, specific project I really want to to do that I just don't have anything in my stash for and have to figure it out. So I don't know. We'll see. But right yeah, now, you got I, time. yeah, I, right now I feel, I feel, I feel okay about it. <laughs> that's so awesome though. I'm like, honestly, I think that's the best way to feel right. Like you're totally satisfied where you're at. And, you yeah. Know. I've also been keeping, um, so I'm a bullet journaler and that's awesome. I've been keeping a, a list of everything I would have bought so That's at the end of the year, I'll be able to know, um, how, see how much money I saved. Wow. You're tracking the prices too? Yeah. So I'm tracking oh like God. how much it is about how much yards I would have bought, where it came from. And I'll be sure to, I'll obviously post it at the end when I do like a wrap up. Um, so there's not a ton on there right now, but I'll, I'm interested to see, uh, how much, how much I would, would have spent. I am like fascinated. This is such a great idea. Oh my gosh. I'm both terrified and also very interested if I were to try the thing, same thing. <laughs> what would yeah. 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 And I have to say, I'm probably um, a little more like lenient with just like writing stuff down than if it was in the moment and I was pulling out my credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, uh, it'll, it'll be very interesting. And most of what's on there is all secondhand, like either from wall fiber or a thrifty notion. Um, I think maybe there's one or two things that's like not secondhand, but yeah, that's so interesting. Well, I'm excited to find out what the results of that are going to be. I definitely can't wait to see what you learn from this whole process. It's super interesting to me. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun. And I've had um, people join me. So if you want to join, it's never too late. It's not like a challenge with a deadline. It's just just for fun. Um, yeah, it's just for fun. And you can make it your own. Like some people are only sewing patterns from their stash or um, – only sewing from their stash, but with new patterns or people are sewing regular, but trying Mm. to use less fabric, stuff like that. So follow the hashtag. You'll see everyone else and how they're incorporating a challenge in their own way. It's a very like loosey goosey thing. Um, just to get people to think a little bit more about the, um, environmental and social impact of their sewing practice. Yeah, and remind us again what that hashtag is so we can go check it out. It is hashtag the year of slow sewing. Okay, well, I know exactly what I'm doing after we get off this call, and it's the <laughs> hashtag. Um, but just as we're getting kind of ready to wrap this up, Amy, is there anything else that you want to talk about today or share with the listeners? Um, ooh, I 
just wrapped up in, in, um, in keeping with the sustainable minded, we just wrapped up our restyling exchange. Um, oh yeah. I've been loving seeing that. Yeah. With, I host it with Pilar, Pilar Bear, and it's our third annual, um, exchange. We, again, we just wrapped it up, but be sure to check out the hashtag because people are doing amazing work and it's an annual, um, project. So we'll be doing it again next year, hopefully if all goes well. Um, and it's essentially where you are, you sign up, you're assigned a partner, you mail that partner something, either a ready to wear item or a handmade item that you no longer wear. Um, you mail it to your partner, they refashion it into something else and they mail it back to you. And it's very fun and exciting. It's not scary. (laughs) So Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It has been really great to finally get a chance to actually talk to you in person. We've talked so much online. Like I feel like I know you and it was so fun to actually get a chance to really chat one-on-one and yeah, just talk about all the things sewing and business related. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. This has been such a delight. You're one of the very first sewing podcasts I ever listened to. So Ah. now being a guest is very exciting and I always enjoy chatting with someone from the sewing community. Yeah. Well, after this episode, I know a lot of people are going to want to head on over to your Instagram, your website, find out a little bit more about you. Do you mind letting people know where they can go to do that? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Amy Nicole Studio. And my website is amynicolestudio.com. And you can pretty much find anything you need to at either of those spots. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on the podcast today. It's been such a great time. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the show just as much as I did. This was a really good one. And I look forward to seeing you all again next week for the upcoming episode of the podcast, which is also a really good one. So I hope that you stick around and check it out. If you want to be notified when that episode comes live, did you know that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it? absolutely for free. Just click that subscribe button and this episode when it goes live will automatically download into your podcast feed so you can listen to it on your morning commute or when you're cleaning up the kitchen with your kids in the morning, wherever you listen, it'll be right there ready and waiting for you pretty cool, eh? Another awesome thing that I wanted to share with you, um, if you are listening to this podcast through the Anchor app, or if you are listening basically anywhere, you can leave me a voicemail and just say hello. Ask a question that you want to see tackled on the show, um, say hi, all that good stuff. You can do that just by heading on over to the anchor.fm app where you can listen to the show and leave me a message, or you can click the link on my bio on Instagram at maker.style and uh, leave me a message. I would really love to hear from you guys, and I'm excited to start using these voicemails in future episodes so we can all hear a little bit more from each other and really get to know all the folks that are listening to the show. All right, that's it from me today, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week.